the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Welcome to the podcast edition of Maximum Growth Live, the number one program for lawyers who want to grow their practices. Each week, our hosts, Seth Price and Jay Ruain, tackle the fundamental questions about how to grow the profit and profitability of your law firm. To watch the program live, submit your questions and hear the latest episode. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern on Facebook for our live show. Maximum Growth Live is a production of Maximum Lawyer Media. Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of Maximum Growth Live. I'm your host, Jay Ruane, CEO of FirmFlex Social Media Marketing for Lawyers, as well as Ruane Attorneys, a civil rights and criminal defense firm in Connecticut. With me, as always, across the way, my good friend Seth Price, hanging out now in D.C., Maryland, Virginia, but he is all over the world, Chile. <laughs> Uh, where else? We Bosnia, uh, Toronto. I'm going to keep up every week. I'm going to come up with more places that you guys can be opening your firm. Well, but Seth, well, uh, tell me how you say Umansky, Umansky has his way. We'll we'll set offices up there, so we have a reason to travel there. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. So, Seth, um, we have a, it's a Thursday show, which means an interview show, and you were able to get a phenomenal guest. So, why don't you tell everybody about who we have here as our guest today? Jerry Parker, one of the sort of juggernauts of the space, you know, founded Parker Wakeman, which is just one of those those insane New York firms, single event as well as mass torts. Uh, and then he created his own in, in-house software that became, you know, he couldn't find what he wanted on the market. He went and created Smart Advocate. So this this guy's a legend. I know, you know for myself, you know, when I entered the business, he was still at every legal conference. I would see him sitting in the first row taking notes and i was like what, what, what but you know what he 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 digested it all and you know it was always thinking outside the box so i can't wait to hear what he has to say yeah it's, you know it's really interesting because i can remember you know i grew up in the in new york city metro area and i can remember seeing the commercials uh of first firm you know as i as i was in high school and then college afterwards uh and then starting off my practice i would see the parker wakeman commercials uh so this is a real treat for me to be able to engage with him and talk a little bit about what he was able to do uh and so why don't we do this why don't we take a quick break we'll hear from our sponsors as everybody knows we are part of the maximum lawyer media family maximum growth live is available obviously right now as our facebook live show every week but we're also available in a podcast edition you can find it any Anywhere podcasts are available. Not only are we syndicated on the Maximum Lawyer podcast, we have our own standalone podcast as well. And we would invite you to join our Facebook community. There is a Facebook page, facebook.com backslash Maximum Growth Live. We have a Facebook group uh, that you can join. And I would love to see you as part of the group where we talk all about how to grow your law firm, how to take it from one to many, how to take it from a hundred bucks to a hundred million. That's what we're all about here, Seth. So uh, if you're cool with it, let's take a quick break. We'll play some words from our sponsors. We'll get him in here and we'll be able to have a great conversation with him all about Parker Wakeman, about Smart Advocate and the wonderful things that he's been able to do through the course of his career. Sound good? Sounds great. Perfect. Folks, we'll be right back with the Max Growth Interview. The lawyers who will succeed in the next decade are the ones who are focusing on building their brands where people meet. And there is no place better to build your brand than on social media. With the FirmFlex DIY social media plan, hundreds of lawyers like you are using social media to build their brand 
and become the one lawyer in their community that people know, like, and trust. By spending even just five minutes a day on social media marketing, you can engage with hundreds or thousands of people in your local community who will need your services. By cultivating a network of followers, you build a book of business that you can market to the next decade and beyond. If you are looking for a solution to help you jumpstart your social media marketing, look no further than the DIY plan at GetFirmFlex.com. The DIY was created by a small firm lawyer for people just like you, helping you connect with local people online and build your brand and engage people in the topics they want to talk about, all for under $100 a month. To find out more, visit GetFirmFlex.com. In this world today, if you want to grow your business, you want to grow your firm, you want to take on more cases and make a bigger impact, you have to have a digital blueprint. Statistically, throughout the time that we've been working with Blue Shark Digital, our law firm, the Atlanta Divorce Law Group, grew over 1,400%. Seth and his team have years of experience in this area. Blue Shark is truly a part of the firm, so I don't consider Blue Shark any different than the employees in my office. We are thrilled to be here with Jerry Parker, a legend in the space, uh, founder of Parker Wakeman and Smart Advocate. Welcome, Jerry. Great being here. Well, look, uh, there's, you know, over the years, um, I have learned so much just being around you. In my early days at Pilma, I, I saw you there. And, you know, when I, when I had not much going on, you, you were very good to me and sat down and gave me a lot of direction, which I very much appreciate. Walk me back through the building of Parker Wakeman. What, you know, what are some of the things that you attribute to what became such a juggernaut? Well, um, there's, no, um, there's no substitution for hard work. Um, you're not going to call my office on Friday at four and find me playing golf. Um, so, you know, it's really a lot of hard work is what really what it boils down to. When my partner, uh, Herb Wakeman, and I um, started the firm. We started actually in the basement of my house. We both were working for another law firm at the time. Uh, we both left together along with my secretary. And so the three of us showed up on Monday morning in the basement of my house and we started looking at each other saying, okay, what do we do now? Um, and, you know, we just started doing some marketing on one of these marketing programs, I think you buy zip codes. And, and so we bought two zip codes in the Bronx and, and we were getting some pretty decent calls from those zip codes. And then after about a year, I said, Herb, what about if we took the money we're spending on that program and we would have less ads, but we could buy one or two ads a week and we could have the whole city, the whole city of New York, which is 22 million eyeballs in that DMA. Um, remembering that in those days, Yellow Pages was very viable, by the way. But, you know, when you're sitting in your basement um, in January of 1992, or actually December of 1992, and it takes a year to get the um, Yellow Pages going because, you know, there's five books in Brooklyn, Queens, Nassau, Suffolk, and the Bronx. Then there's two books for Nassau, Suffolk, you know, maybe Westchester and Rockland but you can't get them out immediately. And maybe you just missed the book. So the next book is a year away. So we scrambled to get the yellow pages underway because we didn't want to lose any more time. But then we did that TV thing. And <clears throat> so we started advertising like once a week because we had no money. And so we started advertising once a week. And then, uh, then, I, oh, and then I got on AOL 1.0 back also in, I think, 1992. Um, and then uh, maybe in 93 or 94, I said to her, I says, maybe we ought to do a website. So he said, what's that? So I says, it's a, it's a thing that you put on a computer and it's out there and people can find it. And he says to me, do you think that Jose Rodriguez in the Bronx is gonna get into an auto accident and then go look for somebody on the web? So I said, Herb, you just never know. I said, let's just do it. And he says, well, how much is it going to cost? So I said, 
Well, we could probably do one for 500 bucks. He says, okay, do it. And you know what? We got like 20 cases that year. And they were really good cases. They weren't a guy in an auto accident. They were dehumidifiers that went on fire and killed people. Ooh. I mean, very sophisticated um, personal injury cases that were great. You know, from a lawyer's perspective. I'm very sorry that happened to the client. But, um, and so we were getting some really great cases back then. And then after about a year or two of that, I said to Herb, I said, you know, Herb, I think if we had a better website, we would get more cases. So we invested into what they called at the time a database website, $25,000. And all of a sudden, the number of cases exploded. And, and the one philosophy that Herb and I always had was we treated the business of law to be more like monopoly. And we wanted to build hotels as quickly as possible. Screw the houses. We wanted hotels. So we took everything back. I mean, we took everything that we earned and put it back into the firm. We really took only what we needed to live. And we didn't change out. We tried not to change our lifestyle to the worst because we started a new firm. <clears throat> but we didn't want to take any profits and then enjoy those profits in our lives. We wanted to put it back in the firm. And, and we did that for a very long period of time. And so we wanted to build hotels and we did. And, you know, so in the nineties, we were getting hundreds of cases a day on the web because there was no other lawyer advertising on the web. And whenever I would talk to lawyers about advertising on the web, they said, Jerry, you can't get cases on the web. You know? I says, oh yeah, I can. And, well, and, and, I, and I can speak to that because I, I helped watch U.S. law and we couldn't sell directories. Nobody would pay to advertise. I gave the L.A. workers comp listing to my uncle who was uh, you know, practicing out there. He thought it was the greatest thing ever. He was the only lawyer in, in L.A. at the time with it. So I can only imagine. It must have felt like fish in a barrel for you. Oh, it was unbelievable. And so that gave rise to a problem that we had in that we had a DOS date and, you know, DOS, DOS, disk operating system uh, based database. And I want, I needed something that would integrate with a website so that my leads would go into the database. So I went to all of these vendors, you know, all of the guys, you know, today that have been around for 30 years, uh, maybe 40 years in some cases. Some of them aren't around anymore, but I went to all of them. I said, guys, I need you to integrate my website into your database. And if you do, I'll buy it. Jerry, there's nobody getting web cases from the web. You're the only one getting cases. We're not going to invest millions <laughs> of dollars just you know, for you. We're never getting it back. And then I was using email. And nobody was using email. Nobody had Blackberries, not in our business. So, and, and email was a big part of our business from, from the web because all the cases were coming in via email. So I had to hire 10 people just to block, copy, and paste the leads into our DOS case management system. Jerry, nobody's using email. <laughs> it, was just, it was just unbelievable. So... I was talking with my partner and, you know, the last thing we wanted to do is go into the software business. That was, you know, we're, we're busier than beavers in flood season, you know, in the PI business. And it, we just wanted to find a package that did what we needed. Um, but since that was impossible, nobody would do it. Um, and I actually did make a deal with another company. A guy told me he would do it. He took my, 50 page outline that I wrote, I typewrit, typewritten on what I wanted in the case management system. I based it upon the one I had and the improvements I needed, including integration with the web and, and with um, email. And he said, I'll do it in a year. And I kept on calling him up, Jerry, we're working on it, we're working on it, working on it. Finally, at 11 months, I said to him, his first name was Wit. He said, Whit, where is it? He said, Jerry, <clears throat> I want to tell you. He says, 
My guys just couldn't do it. I said, in a whole year, they had to do something. So he says, okay, guys, show them what we did. And they showed me what they did. They added a notice of claim field and a police report field in a year. I said, wait, that's all you did in a year? It's two fields? And that was it. And I said, you know what? We're going to do it ourselves. And, and, and um, we started, you know, we started hiring programmers. First, we tried to do it via um, a team in India. And that didn't really work out too well. So we took it in-house and hired programmers in New York. Not had cheap. them work in our office in New York so that the lawyers and paralegals could tell them what they needed, what they wanted, where they wanted it to be, what data should be on one page, <clears throat> and how do we want to access it? And that's still the way Smart Advocate is today. The programmers are still in my office. Um, they're moving out now because we just got too big, um, But and we, Park and Wakeman needs the space also, so. Um, and when he's, can I just, when you say you need the space, you were nice enough back in the day when I was building my firm to invite me out to your airplane hangar. Like it's like the four seasons of airplane hangars. I've never seen anything like it. You have, you know, the middle of Long Island, you have this monstrosity of a building, lawyers on the outside with glass windows, the air coming in, rows and rows of, of staff. It, it is a sight to behold. This was back yeah. in the Falcons days. Uh, so well, to, to, to be outgrowing your space is really saying something. Yeah. Um, I never thought that we would outgrow it because we had so much extra space when we moved in um, 10, 11 years ago. But, um, you know, we bought the building back in the late 90s. We totally gutted it right to the windows, and even some of the windows came out. Um, you know, put in seven new air conditioners. Um, there's not any plumbing or any electric that's original. I mean, we built all the offices out and, you know, we did a first class job of it because the way I was raised is I was raised to do things right or not do it at all. And so, um, you know, and every time the contractor said, you know, we got an A way and a B way, we always went the A way. I mean, we spent the money and, you know, you've seen it. So, you know, everything is, you know, really first class because I'm of the opinion and, 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 we did this with Parker Wakeman originally when we when we moved out of my basement in 1994, uh, because by then we had 15 people in the basement, and I had the FBI uh, installing telephone lines um, in the street because we already, we had 15 phone lines coming into a house in a highly residential neighborhood, <laughs> and so they probably figured we were doing um, drugs prostitution, numbers, something. But those guys on the telephone pole, they look kind of familiar to me because my first life, I was a special agent with the Treasury Department. So I'm looking at these guys and I'm saying, these guys aren't pole guys. These guys are, you know, listening to my phone calls. But anyway, um, we moved out in 1994 and we went to Steelcase for the furniture. And I wanted to get all great furniture. I didn't want to get stuff that falls apart. I wanted stuff that lasts forever. And so we bought waiting room chairs and they were $1,500 a chair. So my partner says to me, do we need $1,500 chairs? So I said, Herb, I says, when the client sits in that chair, they're gonna know that we've been around for a long time. <laughs> and we bought $1,800 conference room chairs. Uh, with a $5,000 table. And I said, Herb, when we're doing a deposition here, everybody's sitting in this chair, the defendants, everyone, the clients, they're going to think that we've been around for a long time. These are great, these are great furniture. So <clears throat> that's been the philosophy ever since we started the firm and it continues to this day. What are some of the things during that journey that you wish you knew up front that uh, would have been helpful along the way for many of our listeners starting that journey? Uh, well, this is a bit controversial, but I wish I knew um, that some of our colleagues weren't as honest as I was expecting them to be. Uh, because early on, uh, we entered into certain relationships that 
uh, or with people that ended up not being honest. And um, we got hurt by that. And the clients got hurt by that. So that gave me a very powerful lesson in that you have to investigate who you do business with before you do business with them and to make sure that you do everything you could possibly do to stay away from dishonest people. And that's been a rule that we live by ever since. So that's a, that's a big deal for us. Uh, other things that sort of, uh, you know, le lessons learned from the trenches. Well, do your homework. Um, especially in our business, you know, we have, um, you know, a, a single event department that consists of about a dozen lawyers. Uh, but the, but the, Majority of the law firm is mass torts, defective pharmaceuticals, defective medical devices, environmental cases, and things like that. Um, you get involved in a mass tort that goes the wrong way, you're going to be in big trouble, especially if you're working the case. When we advertise for mass torts, we work the case. We don't advertise to send it out. That would be a different proposition, but even then, you know, money's valuable and you don't want to waste money on a bad case. So even if you're going to refer the case out, you really need to do your homework. And we do our homework early on before we even file the case. We hire experts so that if the case is not a really great case, we don't get involved in it. So we might spend maybe a hundred thousand up front you know, doing our homework on it. But if it's a not a good case, I'd rather know about it up front and lose the hundred and move on rather than spend tens of millions of dollars and six years of my life, you know, chasing after something that's never going to come to fruition. So you got to yeah. do your homework. Um, before I pass this off to Jay for a couple of questions, my question is a lot of our listeners are not in a position to do the mass tort cases themselves, but there's an entire industry out there trying to get people to sort of buy into cases and then and then ship them off. You know, your perspective on where that industry is today. You've seen it all, you've done it yourself. What you know, what do you what, what's your advice to people who are considering investing in something through a third uh, party group? Well, the same thing there is do your due diligence because there's a lot of people out there that are less than honest. And there are, you know, people selling cases and are you getting the first dib at it or are they recycling it? Is it a case that some other law firm checked out and gave it back to them and now they're selling it to you? Hopefully that you won't give it back to them. You know, make sure you have the right to give it back if it doesn't pan out to what it was. It's, you're paying good money. Um, you know, you just got to be really, you got to watch what everybody does. For example, if you enter into a marketing campaign of any type, whether it be TV, web, lead generation, retainer generation, whatever it is, you should be looking at your results closely, weekly, every two weeks, four weeks. <clears throat> How many of these cases are panning out for me? Are these good cases? Are they not good cases? And you might start seeing patterns. You might see a source of a case or a group of cases that most of them are terrible. And that another source that you engage at the very same time are a lot better. Well, maybe something's not right with the first one. And so you gotta be really on your guard all the time to make sure that you're not getting screwed by you know any of these advertisers. Okay. And even then you're gonna get screwed. Sure. But but you wanna be on your guard so you could limit the losses that you're taking from dishonest conduct. I could deal with a loss, you know, that just comes back by Hammett stance. But if my loss is coming because the vendor is not honest. That's something that, you know, we're not going to tolerate. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to talk to you um, quite briefly about something that you talked about 
uh, early on in the conversation. And that was the value of reinvesting in your firm early on. Because I think a lot of lawyers, when they finally do hang that shingle and they've been an associate for another attorney uh, and they're going out on their own, they see the trappings of success in material goods and saying, okay, I had a Chevy or a Honda. Now I'm going to lease myself the Mercedes because now I'm a partner in my own law firm. Talk to us about the value of just reinvesting those dollars in your firm as it gets off the ground. You know, especially as to the younger people watching this, um, it's like compounded interest. You should be, you know, I I divide life up into three areas. The first 20 years of your life, you're just screwing around. And then the next 20 years of your your life, you should be working your ass off. Actually, 30, 30, and 30. So the first 30 is screwing around, but the second 30... You need to work your ass off so that when you get to the third 30, you can enjoy your life. Now, if you don't work your ass off in that middle batch, that middle group of 30 years, you're not going to have the money when you retire to enjoy your life. In fact, you might even be in real financial straits. If you look at a lot of the stats, most people don't have $10,000 in the bank. And, you know, and it's, it's a bit scary. I mean, I have friends who've gone bankrupt, you know, in their third 30-year segment because they don't have the money. And so, <clears throat> you know, you want to put in the work while you have the desire to do the work. And because the energy. When you're, from, when you're in your th- that second 30 years, from 30 to 60 or from 30 to 50, I know I couldn't wait to get up in the morning. I would get up at two or three o'clock to to start working. And it'd be funny because I'd be emailing my friends and some of my crazy friends would email me back at three o'clock in the morning because we're just crazy about work. But you know what? At this stage, I'm not that crazy about work anymore. So you need to put in that effort while while your brain is letting you do it, while your brain wants it. And that time is limited, so you need to use that time very wisely. So um, that's why you're not going to find me on the golf course at 4 o'clock on Friday. Oh, I'm, I'm with you. I, I'd much rather be at the office doing work uh, than be at the golf course because I love seeing that I, I'm building something. But I want to talk to you uh, about another thing that you talked about, and that is taking chances. Early on, you took chances with the Internet. Uh, and I think that's something that um, traditionally – Lawyers, by our own training, lawyers are not trained to take chances. We're trained to say, here's all your options. Now you get to decide to our clients. What is it about the value of of being able to take a chance that I think makes young lawyers or lawyers who want to grow their firm successful? Well, I mean, we take chances, but, you know, hopefully we make them intelligent choices, right? So I talked about doing your homework that eliminates a lot of the chance. You know, if you're involved in a case, you know, if you're, if you're a referral lawyer, we do a lot of referral work. I mean, in the last 10 years, we've paid more than a hundred million dollars in referral fees. I mean, I don't know how much more, but a lot more. Um, So with me, I think it's like insider trading because if I'm involved in a case and I'm actually looking at the documents, and I'm taking the depositions and I know about the fraud perpetrated by these major United States corporations, I know that they're never gonna let a jury see these documents. So I will take every dime I have and I will put it all in and I'll be on all in on TV. I don't wanna mention the case, but recently we put in over $15 million in, in about a year on a case because I just knew, looking at these documents, this company could never, ever defend their conduct. And sure enough, it was probably one of the biggest cases in our history. Um, But this goes on in all the cases. So when you see that this has got to be a winner, you just put it all in. Now, my forwarding attorneys, they get the benefit of that because I'm constantly communicating with them 
<clears throat> telling them, you know, you really start up, you know, put your money into uh, this case, but this case is going to settle real soon, you know, or, or this case is excellent or the documents are incredible or whatever. But, you know, when, but for me, it's like insider trading. And so that's one way that we minimize uh, our risk. And I have you know, one last question for you. Seth, sure. before you before, no, my sure. last no question for you is um, one of the things that I think is interesting about your story, especially when it comes to the development of the sto- software, is that you weren't in the software business. You wanted to do something, and then you hit a wall with your developers. Right. And many lawyers in that situation would just say, all right, it can't be done. They hit a wall, and they stop. Talk right. about a little bit about the I'm not going to be stopped by a brick wall mentality that you've had as you've grown your practice. Yes. Well, um, so the name of the software is Smart Advocate, if anybody wants to know, and it's smartadvocate.com. A user and a fan, and many of our listeners like John Fisher and and guests, uh, Michael McGreedy, are are also big fans. Yes, yes. And, um, I mean, Smart Advocate is, is, you know, I really get a kick out of it because, I'm not really that involved in the company other than to give it ideas at this stage because I'm still involved in the law firm and I'm still working seven days a week. But, you know, I sometimes on some of the larger demos involving two, three, four hundred people, I'll either attend the demo or they actually want me to be on the demo. And it's really funny because when we're demoing Smart Advocate, I hear the, the reaction of the lawyers and the paralegals. Wow, that really makes sense. You know, they, they see the screen. And there was this one big malpractice firm in, um, in Long Island. <clears throat> they were a user for 20 years of another product that's been around for 40 years. And he said to me, Jerry, he says, you know, I can get everything from that other product. But I got to go to six or seven different screens to get it. He says, you have it all on one screen because that's how you want to see it. You want to see it on one screen. You don't want to go be going bouncing around. And with, with Smart Advocate, if somebody tells me about an improvement, we'll build it. I don't want to have to go buy an intake system, buy a document scanning system, buy a dashboard system, buy a uh, uh, client uh, portal, whatever it is. If there's something that's needed for the practice of law, we will build it into Smart Advocate. Um, And so that's the way it's always grown up. Smart Advocate has a new case wizard. It's got document barcoding and scanning. It's got a client portal. It's got an iPhone, iPad app, um, Android too. Whatever it needs. And this this year, you know, Seth, we just announced Smart Advocate 2020, and it has over a thousand enhancements this year alone. And every year that we've sold Smart Advocate, it comes out with over a thousand enhancements every single year. Wow. And these enhancements are either driven by me or they're driven by clients who email us every day. Hey, what about this? Hey, what about this? What about this? Now, you know about the competitors. You can give them an enhancement, then you'll never see it ever. In Smart Advocate, sometimes they'll have it in less than a week. Wow. Because we have 20 programmers for Smart Advocate, which is probably more than most of the industry combined. And they're just waiting for these enhancements so that we could program it in. Because you know why? At the end of the day, Smart Advocate makes my law firm more profitable makes my law firm more efficient. And it's the law firm that's my profit generator. So I just want to get the law firm more efficient, more profitable, because that's the best thing for me. Jay, you have a final one? No, that was it, Seth. I'll go back to you. I want to. I want to dive in. Look, I, I. It's just such a. Again, it's been an inspiration. I saw you with a firm, and you, you, you. Saw, you had a need. You didn't see it. You built it. So I get that, and I appreciate the uh, sort of ability to follow a path. One of the things that that a lot of people struggle with um, is the incentivization of the attorneys in a plaintiff's practice. Um, and you know, I feel like a lot of us have cracked the code in the non-plaintiff side and the fee-for-service side. It's. I feel easier, but. 
What has you been your uh, secret to success in scaling and keeping people and, and keeping them financially incentivized while still profitable for the firm? Well, we don't have any uh, contracts with any of our attorneys. Um, there's no fixed percentage that they get on the cases that they resolve. We used to do that. And what they were doing is they were resolving all the easy cases and they would never resolve the hard ones. Right. That's, that's sort of why I find it so hard to do blight. It depends on what the, the allocation of the cases is and like any incentive, it can be used for good or for bad. So right. glad to hear that you struggle with that as well. Okay. So, so, so what did you give it to? You treat everybody right. At the end of the day, at the end of the year, you treat everyone right. That goes for the paralegals, goes for the file clerks, goes for the receptionists, goes for the messengers, and it goes for the attorneys. <clears throat> and, you know, with Smart Advocate, it makes it easy because we have dashboards on how many cases they resolved, gross revenue, net revenue, net revenue after forwarders. It's all on a dashboard. Um, <clears throat> we have that for everybody in the office. So it makes it very easy to see, but it's not only about money. How did they get along? How did they do with others? How did they maybe help the juniors in the office, you know, grow? Because a lot but of times, you, unless you're up at two in the morning thinking about each person as you do, how can that be systematized so it's not dependent upon you? Or is that one of those things that you kept for yourself? No, um, I'm not there. You know, I'm never... I mean, our main office is New York. We have a satellite in, in New Jersey, and then we have a, another office in Florida. Um, <clears throat> I live in Florida. Um, I hate to say this, but I've only been to the New York, New York office one day for, in the last three years. Um, we have a lot of management. Um, we have Smart Advocate. I can see what everybody does in Smart Advocate every day. We have dashboards that tells me exactly what they're doing. So, but I don't need to be there because we have very responsible people. Most of them have been with me for decades. Um, I equate the employees at Smart Advocate, at, Smart, at um, Park Awakening, like uh, a roach motel. You get in, but you can't get out. I love it. They don't want to leave because we treat everybody right. You know, for example, I pay 98% of their medical bills, of their, of their medical insurance, 98. Um, they only pay 2%. That's My accountant says I'm the last of the Mohegans. And he constantly is begging me to, re to change that, and I won't. Because I think I should be paying all of their medical premiums, so I'm, I compromise with him. I give him 2%. Um, so... When people, we didn't lay anybody off during the COVID crisis, uh, and we're still in the middle of the crisis, and we never we haven't laid anybody off. Uh, we did actually hire people. We hired a lot of people because That's a great time to be hiring, and we're finding some great candidates. So, and we didn't reduce salaries. We didn't reduce benefits. We didn't furlough anybody. And you know what? People don't forget that. People don't forget that you are loyal to them. So loyalty is so paramount. It's paramount in our office. And I tell everybody, listen, I'll stand by you. We had Zoom conferences every week, you know, back in March, April, May, maybe even June, went through June. Every week I'd, I'd address everybody. And I said, listen, this is a rough time right now. The courts are closed. You know what? In New York, the courts are still closed. You can't get a trial. Yeah. Defendants take advantage of that. <clears throat> but I tell everybody, listen, you do what you need to do to keep us going. And I'll do what I need to do to keep everybody paid and employed. And, and so they stand by me and I stand by them. And that's just the way the relationship is. So... That's why people, we have a very high percentage of people that are with the firm more than 10 years, more than 20 so, years. So one of the things a lot of our listeners have struggled with is the fact that the courts are closed, especially New York lawyers. 
Um, you know, they're the smaller cases are churning, but some of the guys who deal with catastrophic cases don't have that that push of trial. And in New York, compared to most places, a lot of the carriers wait till the steps of the courthouse to uh, force it. How do you deal with, you know, what's your advice to people who are dealing with that situation where, you know, people are, you know, the smaller case is fine, but the bigger cases really are, are getting hung up and it may be worse through 2021. Well, I'll get to your question, but in general, what we've done is we've taken that backlog of paper that everybody has had and everybody always has, and we've eliminated it. So all the cases that were waiting for summons and complaints, they're gone. All what we, in New York, we call it the bill of particulars. It's like interrogatories. They're all gone. Um, we are doing everything humanly possible to clear all of that out so that when they do open up, that we're ready for them. And, you know, we have been somewhat successful in mediation, even on big cases. We just mediated a very, very large case yesterday, and there was a very large recommendation from the mediator that I don't know if it's going to work, but... Well, yeah, I haven't heard what the client said and I haven't heard what the defendant said, but at least there was progress. And so we've been fairly successful um, mediating and resolving cases. Not the same volume, but it's keeping our head above water. And you just got to work really hard at it. At the same time, making sure that you don't leave the, any paperwork undone. Take advantage of this. You know, during... During the COVID crisis, especially back in March, April, May, June, July, a lot of our colleagues, they went off TV. They pulled back on their advertising budget. We kept it absolutely the same because now we have less competition. So with the same money, we were getting more cases. In fact, I think it was in June, we got double the auto cases that we got from the year before in June. Wow. Yeah. And nobody's driving. We, pretty mid. And then we went to the carriers also early on and said, listen, if you don't give us more spots for our money, we're going to be out of here. And we ended up getting more free spots. So you just got to play it. You know, you just got to play tough and you got to take advantage in bad times when everybody else, you know, it's like the stock market goes up and everybody thinks the stock market's going up. Well, that's probably the time to get out. And when everybody thinks the stock market's going down and everything's going to the shit, that's probably the time to get in. <laughs> so <clears throat> when the world was going to an end back in March and April, you needed to take advantage of that and, and make sure your chips are all in. And that's what we did. That's awesome. Any final words for, for our audience here? You know, it's uh, it's just awesome to have this time with you and, and soak up this knowledge. Uh, yes, thank you, you know, so much. Any any oh, sort of parting words to people who are in the, in the in the trenches in that first in that second thirty building their firm? Well, keep working very hard. Don't don't look down. Look straight ahead. Your future's in front of you, not behind you. Be creative. Be different. Um, we're constantly striving to be different. I mean, in one case that I had, I put out post-its, advertising post-its on the front page of the Sunday newspaper in various communities. That's different, right? You never heard that from anybody. But we did that. And you know what? We got a ton of great cases. You know? So... The idea is think out of the box, but I mean really out of the box. Be different. Differentiate yourself from the from the normal commercial on TV. Um, be creative. Um, and listen, if anybody has any questions, I don't know how many people watch this, but you know you could always feel free to call me. The number in the office is um, 516-466. 6500. My email address is jerry at yourlawyer.com. I'll be happy to help you people out with anything, any questions you may have. Hopefully I have answers. And if you want to get rich, send me your cases. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> good my, to me. Get on my mass court list. 
Thank you, you make so me want to get into it. it. I'm a criminal lawyer, and I want to get into mass torts just listening to you. Oh, yeah. Well, I used to do the criminal side, um, and this is a lot better. When I left the federal government, <clears throat> you know, we were, we were prosecuting the, the criminals, but I went directly into a mass tort firm in Manhattan. And so I've been doing mass torts for almost four decades now, and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's very interesting. You know, when I went to school, I, uh, when I went to college, I took a program, I majored in accounting because in accounting you didn't need a language and you didn't need science. And now my whole life is science because every mass tort, whether it be a medical device or a pharmaceutical or environmental, it's all about the science. Yeah. But you and find you know the science today. And you got to know the science better than the defendant's um, witnesses. Because if you don't learn the science better than them, they'll run circles around you. Sure. So yeah, it's amazing. It was, it's always been amazing, always to, been me, amazing to me being a DUI being lawyer a DUI and a drug lawyer, lawyer that uh, I needed to learn science and that was never my strength. Yeah. Well, now it's my strength. Yeah. That's right. I, I, I enjoy it. Thanks so much, Jerry. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Thank you so Bye. much for being with us. Hey. Stay safe. Goodbye. Hey, it's Becca here. I'm sure you've heard Jim and Tyson mention the Guild on the podcast and in the Facebook group. The Guild is this perfect mix of a community, group coaching, and a mastermind. Guild members get so many benefits, including weekly live events and discounts to all Maximum Lawyer events. Head over to MaximumLawyer.com forward slash the guild to check out all the benefits and watch a few testimonials from current members. So head to MaximumLawyer.com and click on the guild page to join us. Now, let's get back to the episode. Boy, you know, Seth, I, I got to tell you, these interviews are getting better and better. I mean, the, the, the talent that you've been able to accomplish getting us uh, conversations with is really mind-blowing to me. I know because this is your baby. You're the one who gets all the people in here. But boy, oh boy, just the nuggets that we got out of that conversation. I mean, I have my notes here. I saw you taking notes as well. Uh, what are your takeaways? You know, for me, I, I think it's the, the be creative. You know, it's not like you know what's coming next. He didn't know, you know, he said, hey, you know, in those days, yellow pages were too long of a wait for him. I look at it almost like SEO for some people, knowing what your resources are and not just doing the me too, but sort of being creative, pushing it and doubling down. Uh, all great advice. Yeah, you know, it's funny, uh, when he talked about his Yellow Pages story, uh, I, I quit my job and hung my shingle a week after they closed the Yellow Pages. And I can remember making a phone call to them saying, hey, I want to get in the Yellow Pages. And the guy said, great, I'll pencil you in for 11 months from now when we can talk about your ad. And I was like, well, wait a minute, why? And he's like, oh, the book's closed, dude. You're, you're out of luck for a year. And I, my heart sank because that's all I knew lawyers did. Uh, and then, uh, you know, a month later, my brother came home. I was surviving on subsistence cases from referrals. My brother came home. He had finished his freshman year of college and had taken a uh, web design class. He said, why don't we build you a website and see what happens? And I got to tell you, talking to him about, you know, his early web leads my were the same my web leads converted tremendously early in the days because the people who were on the web then loved it and right. wanted but to convert the perspective this wasn't just early 92 was like ahead of ao i mean this is like this is like almost al gore early i mean yeah. he was you know, this was really, really. I mean, early. I think he started off back when you could only own one domain name. When wow. they, 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 I mean, that's that's probably where he was because I can remember that they didn't allow you to own more than one domain name, which is mind blowing in and of itself, until like the mid nineties. Um, I mean, when were you first online? The first I remember was through AOL. Um, yeah, AOL was, was the first thing I was online, but but. Back then, ICANN would only allow you to own one domain name per business entity. Uh, and Because I, I can remember talking to a, a colleague we know back in uh, uh, down in Georgia, Bubba Head, when he first tried to – he was going to get DUI lawyer, but he got uh, drunkdrivingdefense.com because he figured right, that was that. be a better because better, he could only get one. 
and that's right. how Bubba started to really build his uh, his his empire of oh, yeah, DIY lawyers yeah, online. Absolutely, that's how we yeah. both. Frankly, one that's of the ways we, we got together was was uh, the Bubba head connection. That's absolutely. awesome. So. Uh, you know, we got we got a lot of excitement in the weeks ahead. I don't know if you want to tip your hat to uh, what is what is coming. I think we should leave it. Let's let's, folks. We got a lot of cool stuff coming. We have some gets that Seth must have sold his soul <laughs> to the devil, uh, and it wasn't for a golden fiddle. It was for some of the guests that he has lined up for us to interview over the next couple of weeks. And so what I think we're going to do probably is maybe we do a quick little pop-up where we list and have uh, a, a sort of a coming attractions of the people that we have coming up in the next couple of weeks because it's it's mind-blowing. The research that I'm having to do to get ready for the conversations is a lot of work, but man, oh man, it's going to be some really good stuff. That's awesome. All right. So why don't we do this? Why don't we end the show? That was a phenomenal conversation. I had, uh, I, I got some takeaways, things that I want to think about. Uh, and, uh, you know, I know you did too. Why don't we leave it with that? We are Max Growth Live. He, uh, look at this. I've been doing this now. We're like 40 shows into it. And I knew where I was going and I pointed the wrong way. So he is nobody, but he is Seth Price. Seth Price, my man down there, DC, Maryland, Virginia. Price Benowitz, if you need a lawyer in that side of the East Coast, just stop short of Connecticut. You go to him. Anything Connecticut, uh, you know, about 15 miles into Connecticut, I guess you can call me. Um, but that's who we are, folks, and we are here to help you grow your firm. If you want to participate in the show, if you have questions for us, please leave us a comment down below. Send us a DM. We love talking about this stuff. As you can see, you can go back in our history. Plenty of videos on our Facebook page that you can watch going back to some of our earlier shows where I had all sorts of microphone troubles. But we are really here to make your life easier because both Seth and I, as well as all of our guests, have grown our firms and we have taken the lumps and we don't want you to make the lumps uh, and take them as well. So please reach out to us if you have any questions. Seth, any parting words for anybody today? No, this is just great. And, you know, I, I you know, to, to just, when, when you hear from some of the people who've been there, done that, it sort of starts to distill some of the things we know we need to work on and need to be inspired to do. But knowing that it worked for them, it can work for us. Absolutely. And we'll leave it with that, folks. So for, again, for Seth Price, did it right this time. For myself, Jay Ruane, we are Max Growth Live. Thank you for being with us. And we'll see you again next week on another edition of Maximum Growth Live. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Maximum Growth Live. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast for the latest episodes and tune in live on Facebook every Thursday for our live show. For more information, visit Maximum Growth Live on Facebook or MaximumLawyer.com and be sure to share us with your friends.